0: Welcome to the Living Free Show on 3CR Community Radio, 855 kilohertz on your AM dial. I'm Anne, and with co-host Bill and Mitch, I'd like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land from which 3CR transmits people-powered radio. We'd like to pay our respects to elders past and present, and to acknowledge that sovereignty over this land was never ceded. Each week on the Living Free Show, we showcase one of the many programs that assist in recovery from drug, alcohol, gambling, and food addictions. Our guests share their recovery stories and highlight that shared experience saves lives. This week, I'm joined by Anthony, a member of Al-Anon Family Groups. Welcome, Anthony. Hiya. So, how long have you been a member of Al-Anon for?
1: I think I first came into contact with Al-Anon around about, I don't know, 2010, so Mm -hmm. On and off,
0: and uh so who was the person that you were involved with that prompted you to come to Alanon?
1: um it was it was my wife actually at, mm-hmm. uh, at the time, and um yeah, she'd been struggling with with trying to to, to not not drink she she was sort of like what well, she'd term herself as a binge drinker, but the binges yeah. were getting kind of like more serious and longer and more frequent um and uh she'd been to quite a few rehabs and and um also got got in touch with with AA and and it was kind of like through through that that I actually heard about Alanon prior to that I hadn't heard and I think I did, didn't even know Alanon existed.
0: Okay that's one of the great reasons for having you on the show to let everyone know that it does exist because it seems that everyone knows about AA but not everyone knows about Alanon.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean my experience also was that there there seem to be quite quite a lot of very formal kind of programs for and, and services for, for people suffering from addictions and uh, alcoholism, uh, but kind of very little in terms of sort of sustained support for family members that might be just as seriously affected by the drinking.
0: Sure. Okay. would you take us back to your very early uh, beginnings, Anthony, and tell us uh, where you grew up?
1: Uh, I grew up in the, um, in the in the rural kind of midlands of, of uh, UK of, of England. Um, it's a smallish village um, my father uh, for a while he was he actually owned one of the village pubs okay <laughs> and uh, um, he he was I, 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 I recall that he he was quite a drinker In but uh, I think not long after I started primary school um, it, it, the drinking seemed to stop and behaviour kind of got a lot more uh, predictable, I suppose. Um, so, so,
0: his behaviour was uh, affected by the drinking. He,
1: he... I think so, and definitely my older brother. I think he kind of, sort of suffered the brunt of it, really. And I think it was possibly when when I went went along to primary school that uh, words were had with the with the headmaster, and and uh, I think it was decided that it was he, he'd sort of go go dry dry out sort of on mm-hmm. his own. Sort of white chocolate, it, I suppose. Yeah. Um But you know, I guess sort of like as I've been in the program, it's a great opportunity to sort of reflect on these things as you as you hear from other people's stories. And um, I kind of realised I'd shut out a whole lot of my early childhood experiences yes. with 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 alcoholism, um, sort of completely. Um, but um, yeah, and that that kind of journey still continues. Like, of so like I still kind of get little flashbacks of of things. I can see, join the dots as to kind of like how it might have kind of affected my response to living with alcoholism in later years. Uh
0: Can you unpack that a little bit or even just tell us a little bit about the the memories that you have, even if they're a bit sketchy?
1: Well, one of the memories, it was kind of like sort of a bit upsetting really, was was, um, so I remember being very young and and coming between my father and my mum trying to get him to stop causing a fuss and an argument I think it was, like it was it, in my mind at the time it it, it looked like there was really you know I needed to mm-hmm. break them up so to speak like there mm-hmm. um and I, I would have been preschool kind of age there but um yeah and and like my father it, like he, he always did even when he wasn't drinking he had it had quite a, a explosive kind of temper and so yep. you know his presence in the household sort of like it was, it was sort of like it was a, a mixture of like terror and admiration because also like he had like he seemed to be able to do anything and and cope with all sorts of situations it was definitely kind of like the 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 the, the rock of the, the, of the household um mm-hmm. uh but uh, as i say i think it probably affected my brother a lot more i know that he had all sorts of problems going through school just just trying to fit in and behave, all sort of things. And he ended up being also having quite a violent temper and
0: uh-huh.
1: ended up being quite a big drinker as well. I remember him. So, like, when I was sort of uh, a little bit older and he was a bit older, he, he would be drinking cider, bottles of cider, sort of, like, uh, before and after school. And, yeah. And, and, and I would say, like, also, like, my, my parents were kind of fairly... We we had a I have to say it? it was almost like a, like a free range kind of upbringing. Like it seemed yeah, like yeah. pretty much anything went <laughs> like as long as we were sort of out of the house when back home back, back
0: home before it was dark.
1: <laughs> that's pretty much it. Yeah, and there was there was lots of times when we were kind of pretty much unsupervised during school holidays and things because cause, mum worked as well and and um, uh, you know my older brother was kind of like he was the the adult of the house. Mm-hmm. as well have yeah. have you talked to your brother about this since um i I did try to bring it up with him, but he has completely erased a lot of it he's he he swears blind that he can't remember anything of his childhood, and uh, you know that's you know for me some of these things are as, as clear as day, and I can't think how could you not remember that but you know yeah. I, I don't push it because we've we've got a kind of like an awkward relationship yeah. as it is, it's it's kind of improved a lot. I think a large part of that is some of the things I've learned through Alanon in terms of, you know, kind of um, you know, how important is it and Yeah, I, yeah. Just yeah. sort of making amends for the things which I'm kind of being responsible for. And and I'd say that of late our relationship's got a lot less frosty. Like
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, that making amends goes a long way, doesn't it, to to uh defrosting situations?
1: Yeah, I think I think it does. And I think it's important to to know that someone's got to initiate it as well. Yeah. Otherwise, if you've got this stalemate, this sort of Cold War sort of thing going on, like it doesn't doesn't change unless someone actually has the initiative or, or, or the motivation to to, mm. to 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 make that move. And 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 I think if it's done in the right way. Certainly, my experience is is that it becomes almost like a non-event. You think, oh my goodness, why why didn't we do this earlier? But you know, it's possibly because I don't know it's, it's it's. But I'm I'm really grateful that that I was kind of encouraged just through seeing other people's experiences mm. that it would be worth a shot, and and it's been mm. a it's been a good way of mending some of those things. I mean, I've got an awful lot of still kind of like sort of experiences and memories, which are a bit hard to kind of like just uh, discount completely, but um, uh, at least in the moment and and going forwards, I'm kind of like sort of Mm -hmm. seeing my brother in a different light. Mm.
0: And what about your own school experience, Anthony? How was that?
1: Um, I seemed, I'd I'd always did quite well at school. I, I, I think I preferred being at school than being at home in some ways it was there was it was like more orderly there was there was kind of like more structure to things and mm-hmm. um there was there was a kind of like sort of more more of the sort of attention that I kind of think I needed at that time uh-huh. and yeah. um and I think you know really lucky in in you know sort of going to a like a small village primary school um like all of the, all of the all of my friends were in the same class and, and, you know, we'd see each other after school and mm. before school and in school. Um, so it was very close. And, and also the teachers were amazing. You know, they were, they were kind of like really very, um, very good. I think, you know, I had a lot of fond memories of, of mm. all of my schooling, really.
0: Um, right. What years were, were the, was this, was this in the, is this in the seventies or the,
1: yeah, it would have been in the seventies, I suppose. <laughs> I remember actually being in my first few classes in primary school when, when Neil Armstrong landed on the moon oh. and everyone was gathered around the black and white TV to, yeah. to watch this historic sort of thing and introduction of the decimal currency into the yeah. UK. Um, you know, those were some of the earliest memories of kind of school yeah. stuff. Um, but Yeah.
0: But And what about high school? Same, same-
1: uh, yeah, we we it was sort of like there was the 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 local kind of high school. The the, the whole cohort just sort of seemed to yeah. move from primary school to middle school to to high school, um, and so there's there's a lot of continuity of kind of like friends and things. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, um, but
0: it doesn't sound like you got yourself in a lot of trouble or anything.
1: Not really. That came later. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: no,
1: I You're think right, I, I I sort of like. Uh, uh, I think when I was sort of like in my last sort of year or so of of high school in in sixth form, uh, things just sort of seemed to fall apart a bit. Mm -hmm. I kind of like really kind of rebelled quite a bit and I just had enough of the whole education system and I sort of kind of ran off to um, join a rock band (laughs) and and go around doing festivals in, in the UK on the sort of like free festival circuit so there was a bit of kind of i guess it'd been 79 80 oh, part of the
0: punk movement
1: yeah. yeah that was kind of like really becoming like a big part of our kind of culture at the time i suppose yes. yeah I, it, it, myself and some some friends you know, we've got a, a punk band together and we were sort of like just pretending to be musicians <laughs>
0: the good thing about punk wasn't
1: it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have a, have a go <laughs> Yeah,
0: um, and so did you finished year twelve though, or did you? Um,
1: no, I actually dropped out, um, and, yeah. and um, I, I spent a, 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 you know a couple of years just bumming around and um, just getting into all sorts of scrapes, and then um, I got opportunity to to go back to, to technical college, and I, I ended yeah. up sort of doing a computer studies course, and and it kind of like sort of got me back into the sort of more formal sort yeah. of career progression, like not having made it as a punk rock star. Um, <laughs> you got um, on to the
0: next big thing.
1: <laughs> at the time, I was really sort of like just on the dole at the time, sort of kind of like figuring out what, what do I want to do. And um, uh, I'd seen this advertisement for a sponsored computer education course and uh i thought there's no way I'll get into that because i didn't even finish my a levels so. but my father just like in his normal sort of state he said, like, give it a good shit, go you know like he was uh, definitely the uh, sort of person who would wouldn't take no for an answer and and he was always encouraging me and my brother to you know push ourselves and 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 just sort of do do stuff if we really wanted to so he encouraged me to to go and I, I I sort of passed all the aptitude tests and things and got got this sponsored place on a on a diploma course which kind of like I haven't looked back since because that sort of kind of led to me going to polytechnic and getting a, a higher diploma and then again I was kind of like at a loss <laughs> once I graduated I was thinking what 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 do I do now and um through just a whole sort of um, bunch of coincidences I suppose I, I, I ended up getting um, accepted to, to work as a volunteer teacher in Kenya for, a, for a, a charity school that had got a had been donated a whole bunch of computers and they needed people to help sort of look after them and, and use them to teach kind of these these uh, these kids in but uh, you know that that was great opportunity
0: and what did you take from that experience what what growth did you get from that it
1: was, it was uh, I think you get a real understanding of, of, of you know just how different other some people's lives are and conditions how how good we've got it in in the western world and um, how many things we take for granted that's for sure mm-hmm. um, uh, just like just the human warmth like there's something about the the, the kids and the families that I was mm. in, in touch with you know there's this there's, there's that uh you know you can see you see, see a different side of it in a in a country like Kenya you know there's there's really like just technically as well like you get dropped in at the deep end like and I found myself sort of being asked my opinion on things you know curricula curricular for, for oh. teaching <laughs> computers and you know what's uh, all, all sorts yeah. of stuff
0: okay so you you came back to england um and getting back to alcohol was there any mm. um what was your experience with alcohol other people drinking at that point anything at all
1: no it just it was just something people did and myself included like as a, yeah. as a, as a, as, a, as a recreational thing you know make parties go down well it was it was just like a fun kind of thing you know it, really not very much kind of experience of the of the kind of like negative sides of it, I'd say.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, but we'll leave it there, and and we'll have a short break. Sure.
2: If you or someone you care for is struggling with a mental illness or other disability and you need someone to talk to, you can call the Wellways Helpline. Wellways Helpline is a volunteer support and referral service that provides information to people experiencing mental health issues or other disabilities, as well as their family, friends and carers. We're here to talk if you are feeling socially isolated, seeking information about mental health or mental health services, or just need someone to talk to. As a peer-based service, everyone working at Wellways Helpline has a lived experience of mental health issues or disability. Wellways Helpline is a national service and operates Monday Friday, 9 a.m. to Friday, 9am to 9pm, excluding public holidays. So if you're struggling yourself or are struggling to help someone else, please call Wellways Helpline on one 1300 Triple one five hundred. That's one One five hundred. Wellway supports three CR Have you experienced or seen racism against black Report racism against First Nations people with Call It Out, an online register to expose racism. Stand up, be heard, call it out. Go to callitout.com.au
0: A three CR supporter. This is a Living Free Show on 3CR 855 kilohertz on your AM radio dial and 3CR on digital radio. If you would like to listen to one of our many podcasts, then you can find us on your preferred podcast platform or just Google 3CR Living Free and check out our website. You can contact us also via phone, email or the platform formerly known as Twitter. I'm talking today with Anthony a member of the Worldwide Fellowship of Al Anon, in which people affected by someone else's drinking share their experience, strength and hope to solve their common problems. So Anthony, you're describing a relatively problem free life so far as a young man uh in punk in a punk band and then as a, a teacher in Kenyan. Could you take us tell us the next part of your story up until the point where you met the um alcoholic in your life?
1: Um well it was... So like, kind of fast forward quite a bit of sort of trotting. At that time, I sort of like got married to somebody who I'd met whilst I was a volunteer in, in Kenya. And um, we, uh, uh, she and I sort of both kind of seemed to have got the travel bug and we were kind of like, we, we, we ended up living and working in all sorts of countries, which is one of the kind of like advantages I found of working in computing. As it's, 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 it's it's always been kind of pretty straightforward just to to go and work in in, in some all sorts of places so we ended up in uh, uh, okay back back in Kenya for for a while <laughs> with a completely different project um and uh, uh, uh Canada Ireland Fiji, um Tasmania, and, and
0: they're getting closer. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah <laughs> so, like uh ended up sort of like getting australian citizenship and and um through a whole load of coincidences sort of like ended up uh having the opportunity to work as a sh- or to, to be a share farmer in tasmania in a, in a cattle and sheep property
0: <laughs> where did that impulse come from if you you're, you're a, a punk rock uh musician and uh computer person and now you're in, into sheep and cattle why
1: well I, I kind of grew up in the country like and i'd always kind of like one of my fir- one of my first sort of kind of job paying job was was helping out on a farm sort of sorting out potatoes and cleaning out the milking parlor and and kind of very agricultural sort of stuff so like, I, I i've always got a sort of i always feel at home in the rural environment mm-hmm. to be honest mm-hmm. i'm not not not, yeah. not very comfortable in cities to be to be honest um and uh well the just the opportunity came up and 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 both my wife at the time we, we decided, yeah, let's give this a go, and it didn't work out terribly well to be honest, it's quite it's it's quite an isolating and a hard life and and we ended up kind of like coming to Melbourne to try and sort of repair the damage of of living the tree change kind of life. Mm-hmm had done the financial
0: damage or, or the... uh, it was
1: it was mostly kind of emotional i think uh-huh. i think uh, like we had our youngest son uh was born in in tasmania and I, I i suspect that there was a bit of postnatal depression sort of kicking in and and it was just not a very good environment for someone with two young kids and and the responsibilities of 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 a farm that so um it ended up we we came to to, to melbourne and and and, and uh, rented a place in the eastern suburbs and um unfortunately our marriage just didn't survive that all that upheaval and things and and we ended up kind of like being in the in quite a messy kind of mm. divorce and separation and things um um and so sort of kind of just as the dust was settling a kind of mutual friend introduced me to this wonderful person uh, who um we hit it off immediately and she was in a kind of like very similar situation to me she just emerging from a very messy kind of like family situation with her ex-husband and uh and there was there was a lot of lot of common ground there and we we kind of um uh, ended up becoming a, an, an item and, and living together um i kind of knew that she did like a drink um kind of didn't realize quite how much and what that meant until we'd been living together for you know a, a, a couple of years and, and it was really becoming a problem because we were we were still kind of like trying to negotiate sort of like with 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 my now ex wife the boys mm-hmm. and uh, like a a good arrangement for the children and really kind of like being in an alcoholic environment just didn't fit mm. in that best interest of, of the children so there was there was kind of this trying to kind of like reduce the amount of drinking and still keep sort of like access
0: I understand. A, a good
1: environment for the children, you know. Um, did
0: your did your did the children's mother know that they were in a, a situation with a person who was drinking?
1: Um yes, she did, but uh, in in a strange way it seemed like sometimes she didn't really care uh, about mm-hmm. that, which which was kind of like I found it a little bit bizarre. Um but there were times when it seemed like I was the only one who were, was trying to keep a like a, a healthy environment. For mm-hmm. the kids, and it seemed like their 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 real mum didn't seem to have that much concern for their for their mm-hmm. welfare. And mm-hmm. uh, obviously, my my new partner was not capable of doing that when she was drunk. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. um, yeah. So yeah. tell
0: me, tell me, um, you said that you knew she liked to drink, but you didn't see it as a problem for a couple of years. So what what was the difference between it? it just being liking a drink and then it being a problem. What, what I
1: think was- it was it was it was kind of like the frequency um <clears throat> to seem to be coming more and more situations where, where there would be drinking. And I think uh, the thing is that it probably we'd never really try to stop as such like in the problems were coming when 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 I was sort saying look we, we can't have you you know this drinking's gotta it's getting out of hand. Um
0: was she actually um, drunk? Were you coming home and she was drunk or was she coming home drunk or not coming home or what?
1: Uh, there was a, all of the all above, of- yeah. yeah. Um, and I think I was just, for me, like the drinking had always been something people chose to do or didn't. So the the idea of, you know, someone actually being in a position where they couldn't not drink was, was kind of like I, I'd never really kind of experienced that on a... At, at an adult level let me say
0: and you might not have even contemplated it at all
1: no no not at all uh, um you know I was still very much of the opinion that I thought that this is a choice like and she's some reason choosing the wrong mm-hmm. thing but um I think that you know there there, it became pretty apparent that it wasn't um that we needed help I suppose and so through friends sort of suggestions there were there were various rehab programs which the first couple were a bit of a revolving door sort mm-hmm. of thing um not really of any benefit other than i mean what i found was was it it gave me a lot of peace of mind when she went into the rehab because i thought at least she's somewhere safe she's not because some of the some of the situations mm-hmm. that were coming about were, were getting quite Bizarre and uh, and alarming, but um yeah, there was you know the first couple of rehabs was there, there was it was very really disappointing when she came out and busted within
0: yeah.
1: a few weeks of, of of going through. through so you had
0: hope each life. time you had the hope that this could be it.
1: Yeah, and then then she actually went to this kind of like it was a it was a, a rehab where you could just go for the day and then come home at night and uh-huh. go back again. It was, I think it's called day had and. It, that really seemed to fit in well with 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 her kind of way of doing recovery and it introduced her to to aa pretty serious way and and she got very serious about, about doing the aa program and um, and it was through that that it was also suggested that I ought to look into al anon
0: because mm-hmm.
1: something for for me um, so,
0: so going back a little bit, then uh, you said at the very beginning that when you look back at your early childhood, you you now see how some of that may have played into your adult life or, or perhaps your adult attitudes or, or way of being. Can you hmm. talk a little bit about that? Who who were you in this relationship, and 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 what effect was it having on you?
1: Um, this this, this element of being a rescuer, sort of mm-hmm. like, sort of came in you know as i kind of like thought that you know maybe amanda's sort of would, would be able to get sober for, with my help and we would be able to do this together and, and i'd be the the one that would kind of like help and navigate that um i don't know it's it's kind of like it, it i think my, my experience was it was like it was quite a gradual decline into a into a like life that seemed to revolve around what was happening with the alcoholic um and it, it, it it's hard to sort of like it, it it just gradually morphed to the to the point where it's kind of like waking up sort of like a an, and a an, like a good day was when nothing bad had happened and you know i'd 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 get sort of like if an ambulance drove down the path on the street, I was wondering is it going to our house or sure. um, you know be dreading kind of looking at the letterbox seeing if there's anything from the courts or mm-hmm. whatever or the police and things it, it was it was kind of like pretty yeah it and, and it sort of kind of crept up i think you know it was it was it was kind of like a gradual decline of, of, of those punctuated by some pretty sort of bizarre situations that we started started to feel almost like normal as well Kind yeah. of like you know, you kind of like you know, after the fourth or fifth time of going down to the Murunda Hospital emergency ward, mm. you kind of sort of knew the knew the process. Kind what of happens? And, and knew the likely response. You know, it, it's there's very little that the nursing staff can do if someone's intoxicated. You know, mm. and I don't know. Like life had become very narrow focused.
0: Right. Yeah. Stage, I- yeah. And you think? And I think
1: I think you know. Sort of like there's still part of me. I I think maybe subconsciously I thought, well, I can handle this as well. You know, I I just need to find the right thing to do. It was was almost like there was there was sort of a bit of familiarity, although you know, it's only kind of later that I kind of like seeing that maybe that might have been some of the effects from the early kind of childhood. Was it wasn't completely unacceptable? Like it was something familiar about the. The scenario, which, yep.
0: yeah. Yeah, I think I understand. Um, so you were then, I suppose, we were talking, Alan, on about fix, we, we tend to want to fix, manage, and control situations. Did hmm. you do that, or did you find you were just um, a bystander, an anxious bystander?
1: Oh, there was, um, no, there, there was a, certainly, a, I felt an urgency that needed to fix this. This kind of thing because so I could see things going in a really direction wasn't wasn't good, um, yeah. So I I do the what seemed to be, you know, pretty common responses. You know, like sort of like throwing out booze if I found it, uh, trying to trying to catch out the alcoholic. Sort of asking questions: Have you been drinking? <laughs> uh,
0: to try and prove <laughs> your point.
1: <laughs> yes, um, trying to shame her into into. Yeah. Getting sober, um, there, there are lots of things that, I mean, I, I like I fa- I found it um, very, very frustrating because almost everything that I tried just seemed to make the situation worse. And also, like, she, she had, had a whole repertoire of, of very good responses to all of my strategies, which allowed her to keep drinking. Right? Um, because
0: she needs to keep drinking, so she's going <laughs> to... Yeah, make sure she's got responses. Yeah, yeah,
1: and I think one of the things is kind of like when I think I can see now in, in in reflection that you know kind of like the the more I made it a forbidden kind of thing for her to do, or um, the the more it was, it was kind of encouraging her to go underground, so to speak, and find all these kind of ways of sort of satisfying the craving. So,
0: mm-hmm. And and but... with you, with your own um, emotional state and your own life. Did you find you were still able to work and were you still able to parent your children in the way that you wanted to or did it affect those things
1: i I think it did yeah I I mean it did it, it I, it's I think pr- perhaps at the time I thought I was doing fine <laughs> and it wasn't me that had the problem it was yes it was you know it was just this damned alcoholic <laughs> causing yes. the problems but you know kind of like as I start to look back with with clearer eyes and and with a with a kind of like a more um, kind of healthy view of what, actually what was happening, um, mm-hmm. I could see. I was probably just as just as bizarre and nuts in, mm-hmm. in trying to deal with 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 you know, shield the children from the drinking and keep a uh, household. I, I did. I wasn't doing terribly well at work. You know, I seemed to end up. I, I did actually. Yeah, I lost a couple of jobs. Partly, well, mostly because there was just too, too much time being taken out running around trying to fix up these problems mm-hmm.
0: um all right well that it seems like we've come up to the point where you're um about to start learning a few things in al uh and and trying to work the program so we'll have another little break okay. um, and we'll be right back and uh take up the story any of us may become a carer at any time in our lives even temporarily Carer Gateway is a free support service
2: for anyone who cares for a family member or friend with disability, a medical condition, mental illness, or who is frail due to age. If you or someone you know are a carer, call Carer Gateway on 1800 422 737 or visit carergateway.gov.au to get support that is right for you. Carer Gateway is a 3CR supporter. what you hear about progressive economics
0: well you can definitely hear about it on 3cr radio Radio mmt
2: between 5 30 and 6 30 p.m
0: the second and fourth friday of each month radio Radio MMT. mmt Welcome back to the Living Free Show. Uh, Today I'm talking with Anthony about recovering from the effects of living with an alcoholic. So Anthony, uh, you've taken us up to the point where uh, living with the alcoholic is becoming difficult, you're becoming anxious and and very much preoccupied with trying to save her by the sounds of things. Um, But through her rehab and her introduction to AA, you were introduced to Al-Anon. Can you tell us how that went for you very early on?
1: Um, I think uh, early on it was, um, I was just sort of like trying to f- follow it through as, as something that had been suggested as, as as part of the whole kind of like situation and uh, probably in all honesty, I was, I was probably going along for the alcoholic as much as, as anything, you know, just to say, look, I'm doing my bit and you're yes. doing your bit, so we'll get recovery here. So there's was, there was a bit of that. uh, It was a bit of a surprise. I think the first time I I went, I thought, "What am I doing here? This is (laughs) like some like dark old church hall on a Friday night, like and there's just sort of like kind of just people I don't know, not many of that, and kind of like completely different demographic from what I would normally associate with." Um, uh, But I did come away kind of like at least feeling understood. Um there was you know no I didn't f- you know I wasn't grilled or, or asked you know what's your story or kind of like what are you doing or you know you should be doing this it wasn't I wasn't getting like pressured at anything it was just a place to sort of sit listen and you know during that time like it was an hour and a half of just peace and, and kind of like it felt like very safe and I think as I kind of went to a few more meetings, and kind of realised that you know you have other people that were in that that group were had been through very similar kind of situations, and were recounting stories which were not exactly the same, but had the same kind of sort of mixture of bizarre situations, upsetting emotions, kind of anxiety, and and, and all the things that kind of like were going through my head at the time mm. um, and uh, yeah it's a very safe kind of place to to, to be which um, to be honest there weren't very many places where I felt free to, to talk without there being kind of some agenda or, or it, it causing an argument definitely with, with the alcoholic it, it was almost mm. impossible to talk about mm-hmm. for a while anyway um, but what I would say is, is that kind of like not too long after sort of going to to Al Anon, through no part of my own like like my, my wife found sobriety and and had a, a you know sort of like really got on board with the twelve steps of AA, and that kind of like probably saved our relationship and family life anyway because it was getting to the point when I was about to kind of pull the plug on it all saying this is just mm. too too bad but the sobriety came along and um we had a, a good number of years of um living sober uh-huh. until, it, until somewhere along the line we, we kind of like forgot she was an alcoholic and and the opportunity to drink came back and the drinking started and it, and it came back worse than ever um was, so,
0: so can you tell us how, how many years you were together and then, how many years of sobriety were there after that? So, how yeah. many years up until the sobriety, and then how many years after the sobriety till t- she drank again?
1: There's probably a, maybe a couple of three, maybe a couple of years, kind of like prior to getting sober, um, and yeah, maybe four or five years of of sobriety.
0: Both of you working together. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, and, and what what did you hear at the early the early meetings and and what did you learn um throughout that those years about how to um manage the, an alcoholic situation
1: um I, I i think i probably didn't learn very much to be honest like in in those because because also like when 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 she stopped drinking i i kind of like didn't see the need to keep going to al anon to be honest and mm-hmm. I'd say it was just sort of like superficial bits of the programme kind of like I was exposed to, but I can't really honestly say I, I kind of implemented mm-hmm. anything. Maybe, possibly, I'd, I'd stopped looking for bottles and and kind of like uh, got, took my eyes a little bit off what Amanda was doing. But, you know, it was became less necessary anyway because she sort of like was demonstrably sober and, and was, was was doing well so that kind of helped as well but um mm-hmm. um yeah I I, I I think the the main thing that I got from that was I knew where to go when the drinking started again
0: uh-huh and um, so that must have been quite a disappointment
1: It. yeah yeah understatement <laughs> <laughs> It was because, like, in the space of maybe a couple of weeks or whatever, it just went back to the the chaos, like, and and if anything worse, it was it was just sort of, um, I think it was, and I and I kind of knew where to go, and and to 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 get my, get myself to a Alanon meeting, and I think that's when I kind of like real like realized that you know that I. I It wasn't just good enough just to go to meetings. I needed to actually start implementing and and living my life in a way that, well, let's say, continue to take my eyes off what the Mm alcohol was doing and and, kind of let us sort out the recovery in whichever way it was and and do the things that I could do for for myself and the the children and all that. Um. And... uh, yeah, uh, so that, that that was kind of like, I think, the second phase of my journey with, with Alan on. And I took it on a, a lot more seriously. And I think somewhere along the lines, one of the uh, older members sort of suggested I look after the key for the okay. door for one of the meetings and ended up being the person who had to open the meeting every week, which kind of it further encouraged me to keep going.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you might not have gone some weeks if you didn't have the. Thing.
1: <laughs> Possibly not. Yeah, I'm that kind of person. Like if I can find a way out of it, I generally will. Um, <laughs> but if people are, if I'm going to let people down, yes. uh, that's, that's the worst sort of thing. So I, I'll grip my teeth and I'll just go and do it anyway. And I yes. think this older member knew that
0: yeah yeah it sounds like a cunning plan she had going on there
1: yeah, <laughs> And it did me a world of good and it kind of like introduced me a little bit more to the idea of giving a bit back to the program as well as sure. benefiting from it
0: and sure. you know I think
1: that that kind of strengthened my recovery mm-hmm. no end even mm-hmm. that small kind of gesture sort of um, and i started taking the, the whole kind of principles a lot more seriously
0: yeah, have you got one in a particular thing in mind that you could say in, in, in a way in which you changed at that time? Like, did you what is something you might have learned about yourself through practicing the principles, or
1: well, there's, there's lots of lots of things. I think that's the nature of this program as well as it is. It, unlike the sort of like AA twelve step, which which kind of like really requires abstinence to to work I think the Al-Anon program it, it isn't like this big bang there isn't one thing that everyone has to do but there's lots of little things which each of which if you adopt they they're proven to kind of like just stop me making the situation worse at the yes yeah. at the very best like um uh and and sometimes it kind of like allows me to remember that I've got a life too and there are things that are equally important other than just whether the drinker's is drinking you
0: know yeah that's right because it just seems to assume so much importance and and understandably so um so can you tell it say there was someone just listening and and they were just wondering what to do about someone say they're in the the grip of the same kind of uh, preoccupation with someone who's drinking what what would you say to them
1: um obviously biased I'd say (laughs) see if you can go to an Al-Anon meeting or 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 talk to someone who's kind of like familiar with these kind of 12-step programs Mm -hmm. um I think sometimes just just being able to voice your concerns in a in a safe environment can can be a a, a, an immediate relief Mm -hmm. um I think just, just knowing that there is, there is hope as well, um, is, is really important because it, it can seem very desperate and, and like you, there were times when, when I kind of like felt I was being singled out for a particularly miserable sort of life and mm-hmm. it was going to be like this for the rest of my life until mm-hmm. I died. Like, and, yeah. you know, that's kind of like not, not a nice place to be. And, and, and sometimes yeah. it's just a, just a repetitive, self-talk which um uh it can it can stop if it gets the right kind of attention or you know someone sure, can, yeah. can sort of help to 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 change that um it's really difficult to kind of like know but I'd, I'd definitely say you know try and, and 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 not do it all on your own because there's another thing that i think about alcoholism is it, it it tends to be a really isolating condition and a lot of people feel like embarrassed or ashamed, or or somehow like it, it's it's difficult to share what is exactly happening with other people, and for good reasons, because you know a lot of people will be very judgmental, and 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 quite often it, it's it's not a it's not a very satisfying experience, sort of kind of sharing what's happening with mm-hmm. with people who don't kind of understand that. So,
0: and even if they're not judgmental, you you don't want to be in a position of having to explain it all. And whereas in a meeting, you don't have to explain anything. Everyone, you just say yeah. one little thing, and everyone goes, "Yep, I get that."
1: Uh, that was the thing I found with going to almost any anyone else. Like if it might be professional people, it might have been a doctor, or a lawyer, or or a counselor or whatever. Like there would be a whole lot of times just to kind of explaining why it was such such a bizarre and yeah. You know, urgent situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah, not having to kind of like explain anything, but still kind of being understood it was,
0: yeah.
1: you know, there's there's a great feeling of of uh, and of genuine kind of understanding.
0: Yeah, and belonging, and 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 just yeah, and also just then hearing other people, I think, also ex- ex- talk about their experience, and then. You being able, able to understand them also, for some in some way, is is healing, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, you, your heart goes out when, when, when now uh, having been in Alamon for quite a while, you know, when I get new members coming to meetings that, that I'm at, it's a sort of your know, heart really goes out for them because you know exactly what kind of mess. their heads in and their emotions and things and and uh it's it's a very compassionate environment to be in but at the same time we're not trying to fix so i think sometimes just kind of like saying yeah i know what that feels like and it's you know sometimes that's that's as um healing as any suggestions that you could give? Because everyone's also everyone's situation is very unique as well and personal, and and there's no way that you can kind of give advice in oh you should be doing this or you know don't don't, don't get upset about that. Whatever we don't mm-hmm. know what what the full story is, but yeah. just just the fact that someone's walked taken the the courage to to you know swallow the pied and go to a go to an Al-Anon meeting. Means that it's generally got, it's it's probably got pretty bad for them to get exactly. to that stage. It had to get pretty bad for me, to, I think, to, yeah. to dare to to show my face.
2: Yeah, so um, it takes courage. Mm.
0: Yeah. All right, so um, we're nearly at the end of the the conversation. So, mm. where are you now with your recovery? What would you? Um, what are you working at now? What are you? Where's life? Um. um
1: i i'm, I'm I've, I've been kind of like understanding that to it's hard to say really i mean i i've been finding much more of the spiritual side of this program um and uh, it's uh yeah it's, that's that's been good it's sort of quite, like i grew up in a very atheist sort of like type of upbringing and and um but you know somehow there's there's something very special happens in al meetings and i think one of the reasons it happens is because there's it's it's, it's an untangible kind of thing that, that, that goes on when like-minded people are gathered together and and um yeah so i've been i come in doing a lot of meditating and and kind of like self-reflection and and um yeah, that's 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 been surprisingly interesting. Really,
0: <laughs> is it meditation <laughs> um, according to a, a specific method or
1: or? Have you... um, not really. It's kind of a make mishmash of all sorts of other things. Like I've always been interested in in meditation, but but not as uh, something has sort of allowed me to to incorporate it as part of a daily kind of practice, which has been very good.
0: And that that uh that you know, you said before that there was something um there's some real wisdom in being in a place where people don't question you and but and yet you feel understood um and people don't give advice, and then you said there was a, there was an intangible something about that that was for you somehow spiritual and um and that's true, isn't it that the spiritual is spiritual things are by definition intangible. 'Cause they're mm. spiritual, right? They're not material. So um how have you gone with the higher power idea? Is it is that basically your idea of a higher power, the, the power in that group to make people feel
1: uh whole? I think it's definitely part of of that. Um I don't know. I think there's 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 a kind of realization that that we're everyone is a lot more similar than different like and that we we genuinely we are all one really at the end of the day like this kind of like and it's 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 a uh, it's, it's it's quite a big concept I suppose but but there's something I think about me doing a a sort of a, a regular and sustained meditation practice that kind of allows me to kind of experience that that kind of unity not just yeah. amongst Al-Anon members but with with everyone you know and. You know that's puts a lot of things into perspective, which kind of make make you know this this idea that you know I'm not that much different from from all of the people that I think cause problems in my life. You know. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's right. We're all just uh, aspects of humanity, or
1: yeah. aspects of God,
0: or something. So like I think you. I
1: think you know, like Alan, on like kind of really kind of like is a great way to to kind of understand your own shortcomings as well in a way that doesn't make yourself hate yourself. Um, You know, you kind of see them almost as natural consequence of, of the situations, the environment that you've been brought up in or or been exposed to, like as you're going to have some rough edges and some kind of things which aren't where you don't handle things in a, in a very graceful way. Um, But, you know, I can look at those now through having kind of like done, some of the steps of, of, of Al Anon. I can I can look at those and, and and say, yeah, that that's me. And you know, not feel particularly kind of like like bad, like, like as a bad person. I'm just kind of like a, a person who's been yeah. maybe in a crazy situation. And and, yeah. and you know the, the Al Anon program and the steps kind of give me a solution to how to deal with that reality that I might not have behaved terribly well myself Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's a gentle way to kind of like realize that and also move past it in a way which which you you actually learn from those those shortcomings as well Um, yeah
0: yeah yeah Uh, and it's just the human it's part of being a human being there's no human being on the planet that hasn't got shortcomings um and i suppose by default that's what we mean by god isn't it that it's a sort of an ideal uh Thing that hasn't got the shortcomings that we we suffer from.
1: Yeah, and I think probably at the end of the day that the shortcomings aren't the the damaging thing. It's 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 for me. It's it's when I try to cover them up or or try to pretend that they don't exist or 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 put someone else in the blame for what's going wrong. You know, it's uh, it's and and I think Alan does a great job of of kind of like allowing you to own your actions. Yeah, ways to kind of like perhaps make amends for those and, um, and, and grow from it, you know. And, and as I say, like, probably the biggest thing is is kind of like treating yourself with sort of compassion, seeing that that kind of all that covering up and, and trying to look good is just damaging you. It's, it's a very uncomfortable place to be in,
0: yeah. Trying to manage your reputation.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. if you kind of if you don't, if you if you don't have that concept of a reputation. Yeah. Um, like it's a problem solved, you know, like and, yeah. and you've got so much more kind of like energy to to, to sort of enjoy other things. Yeah. You know? And I really mean enjoy because also I think there's um like even though there's been a lot of sort of kind of like tragedies and ups and downs and and and, and, and things, um I think my general ability to enjoy myself has got a lot more opportunities and healthier as well, mm-hmm. more, more feel-good kind of factor. Yeah,
0: that's great. Would you like to say one thing to an audience member out there that might be in a very similar situation to the one you were in a few years ago?
1: Maybe I'll just say you're not alone. Um, there's, there is help. Yeah, you're not alone, there is help. Yeah, that's a big yep. thing.
0: Okay, thank you very much for coming on the show, Anthony.
1: It's been my pleasure.
0: If you're concerned about problem drinking in a relative or friend and would like to find out more about al family groups, then you can phone them on 1300 252 666 or go online at alanon.org.au. If you're concerned with your own drinking and would like to find out more about AA, you can give them a call on 1300 three hundred triple two triple two, or visit their website at aa.org.au. Coming up next, we have Ballon The Spirit of Wah, hosted by Uncle Taljam Choco Edwards. Join Uncle Choco on a journey of belonging and movement through sing-alongs and yarns. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and stay tuned now for more Radical Radio on 3CR.